0: This podcast contains adult themes and language. Listener discretion is advised.
1: There are many huge challenges in doing this type of investigative journalism, this kind of podcast, the the kind of reporting that dives into the details of crimes, criminal history, and suspects, especially in an ongoing case. One of the challenges is the balance of holding public officials accountable and keeping the public informed while also trying not to damage the case. So in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about that line as it relates to the county prosecutor. Currently, the prosecutor is Amanda Ash. As a matter of full disclosure, Ash is a distant cousin of my wife. I never met Miss Ash in person until after she became prosecutor, though I had exchanged some messages with her as she was running for office against Paul Boyd about four years ago. By elevating the Michelle Lawless case, I've been involved in pushing public pressure to keep the case on the front burner to make it a top priority for the citizens of the county and beyond. I was very happy, thrilled even, when Ash announced publicly that she was asking for assistance from the Missouri Highway Patrol and the Missouri Attorney General's Cold Case Unit. It was a major breakthrough in the case, in my opinion. Beyond that move, Ash has stayed silent on the case. But even that move wasn't made until I ratcheted up the pressure and began asking hard questions to the prosecutor. So I put those questions out, and Ash responded to that pressure by making a smart move, and that move was to involve jurisdictions outside of Scott County. Some have argued that Ash should have done that much sooner and put more energy and resources on the case before January when the podcast was gaining steam. I think that's a fair criticism, but I also believe the decision was absolutely the right one. And I do think that Ash would love to get a conviction in this case. I mean, what prosecutor wouldn't, right? I asked some follow-up questions to the statement that Ash put out regarding handing over the investigative authority to state jurisdictions, and I received no response. So Ash has been quiet about the case. As a journalist, that's disappointing because, of course, I want answers, and I believe those listening to this podcast do, too. But that doesn't mean that Ash is hiding anything. In fact, her opponent in the upcoming election shares her strategy of silence. Ash faces re-election and a primary challenger in Republican Don Cobb. And we're going to hear from Cobb in just a little bit about his position on the lawless case. But before we do, I want to explain something that might be obvious for some, but maybe not to others. And that is, our criminal system requires both transparency and secrecy as a journalist i'll err on the side of transparency nine times out of ten but let me tell you if i was a confidential informant i'd want to remain confidential but if i were a defendant i would want to know who was accusing me of a crime the state has to be transparent in how it handles evidence it has to hand over all evidence including exculpatory evidence that is transparency required by our legal system We've talked a lot about that in the Josh Keezer case. The county and the state withheld loads of exculpatory evidence in Josh's trial, which is one reason for his exoneration. When the law demanded transparency, the county and the state went with secrecy. The state, specifically the public officials sworn to protect the Constitution, violated Josh's rights in doing so. There's a certain level of transparency built into other steps of the criminal system. The state has to provide probable cause. Court dates are part of the public record. Transcripts are usually made public after some time. But the state is also required to shut up at certain times. And that brings me to prosecutors. So as I said, in a minute, I'm going to play you a few minutes of an interview I did with Don Cobb recently. But before doing that, I'm going to read to you what the American Bar Association establishes as proper conduct for prosecutors regarding the media. So this is filed under the Section standard 3-1.1, Relationship with the Media, Section A. Section A, for purposes of this standard, a public statement is any extrajudicial statement that a reasonable person would expect to be disseminated by means of public communication or media, including social media. An extrajudicial statement is any oral, written, or visual presentation not made either in a courtroom during criminal proceedings or in court filings or correspondence with the court or counsel regarding criminal proceedings. B. The prosecutor's public statements about the judiciary, jurors, other lawyers, or the criminal justice system should be respectful, even if expressing disagreement. c The prosecutor should not make, cause to be made, or authorize or condone the making of a public statement that the prosecutor knows, or reasonably should know, will have a substantial likelihood of materially prejudicing a criminal proceeding or heightening public condemnation of the accused but the prosecutor may make statements that inform the public of the nature and extent of the prosecutors or law enforcement actions and serve a legitimate law enforcement purpose the prosecutor may make a public statement explaining why criminal charges have been declined or dismissed but must take care not to imply guilt or otherwise prejudice the interests of victims witnesses, or subjects of an investigation. A prosecutor's public statements should otherwise be consistent with the ABA standards on fair trial and public discourse. D. A prosecutor should not place statements or evidence into the court of record to circumvent this standard. E. The prosecutor should exercise reasonable care to prevent investigators, law enforcement personnel, employees, or other persons assisting or associated with the prosecutor from making extrajudicial statement or providing non-public information that the prosecutor would be prohibited from making or providing under this standard or any other applicable rules or law. F. The prosecutor may respond to public statements from any source in order to protect the prosecution's legitimate official interests unless there is a substantial likelihood of materially prejudicing a criminal proceeding, in which case the prosecutor should approach defense counsel or court for relief. A statement made pursuant to this paragraph shall be limited to such information as is necessary to mitigate the recent adverse publicity. g. The prosecutor has duties of confidentiality and loyalty and should not secretly or anonymously provide non-public information to the media on or off the record without appropriate authorization. H. Prosecutors should not allow prosecutorial judgment to be influenced by a personal interest in potential media contacts or attention. I. A prosecutor uninvolved in a matter who is commenting as a media source may offer generalized commentary concerning a specific criminal matter that serves to educate the public about the criminal justice system and does not risk prejudicing a specific criminal proceeding. A prosecutor acting as such a media commentator should make reasonable efforts to be well-informed about the facts and the matter and the governing law. The prosecutor should not offer commentary regarding the specific merits of an ongoing criminal prosecution or investigation, except in a rare case to address a manifest injustice, and the prosecutor is reasonably well-informed about the relevant facts and law. J. During the pendency of a criminal matter, the prosecutor should not reenact or assist law enforcement in reenacting law enforcement events for the media. Absent a legitimate law enforcement purpose, the prosecutor should not display the accused for the media, nor should the prosecutor invite media presence during investigative actions without careful consideration of the interests of all involved, including suspects, defendants, and the public. However, a prosecutor may reasonably accommodate media requests for access to public information and events. So that's basically it. As you might expect, this is all kind of annoying to a journalist seeking answers. But this is all part of our system, like it or not, and I understand it. I've been in journalism long enough to know that You never expect answers, but you need to ask the questions anyway. This is all part of our checks and balances. A prosecutor's job is to seek justice and do the right thing. A journalist's job is to hold them accountable to these standards. The Lawless Files will not be endorsing a candidate for the prosecutor of Scott County. That is beyond what we are here to do. There are many factors that go into a person's vote for prosecutor, and the Michelle Lawless murder case is but one case of hundreds over four years. Frankly, it's a sliver of the overall responsibility of the prosecutor. Experience, work ethic, moral and ethical judgments, and numerous other factors should go into casting a vote for prosecutor. But we also understand that The Lawless Files is about more than just a murder case. It's about a culture of injustice, and the public has responded by listening and demanding answers from public officials. And we also know that the prosecutor holds the keys to the case. The prosecutor decides when and if to file charges. We've been waiting and watching to see if Cobb would say anything or address the lawless case in his campaign efforts. He wasn't saying anything publicly that I could tell, but he's been trying to explain to potential voters why that was so. In the last week or so, some listeners have been sharing with the lawless files some responses Cobb has given when they asked him about the Lawless case. So I reached out to Cobb, and I asked him to explain his position. I'm your host, Bob Miller. You're listening to The Lawless Files. I went around the car to the
2: driver's side and opened up the door, and that's when we saw Michelle. Is uh, Mark Abbott a suspect in this killing? No sir, Maybe
0: not he
1: had time. Said that his friend might have been a policeman or a sheriff or something like that.
2: And I didn't take but a split second. I said, "Huh? That's not Mark." I said, "That's neither my Mark Abbott nor Matt Abbott were vampire or friends. Why was that not done?" So he's like, "Hey man, I saw this murder in the news. They don't know who did it. Let's tell them Josh did it." I don't know. I I don't know that they weren't. It seemed like pretty much anything was for sale down there. I. I don't know. At the right price. He said, uh, you know, he said, Bill's been in there long enough. You know, he's made enough money. He says, it's about time a younger man gets in there. He said, like you, you can get in there and make some Paychecks good Paychecks from a bullshit They never investigated me. They nearly put me on trial and told the jury they had
0: So uh, Don, thank you for uh, coming onto the the Lawless Files and and uh, being willing to kind of explain your your position on uh, the the Lawless case. Um, we're not here to, um, you know, cover Scott County politics, government, those types of things. We've covered the Lawless, uh, the Michelle Lawless case, and obviously uh, people have a, a big interest in that. And I know that that. Um, puts you in a difficult spot it puts uh even uh the current prosecutor Amanda Ash in a difficult spot about responding to the, the the public interest in this case, but also um maintaining um the correct position if you you know if you do take this case to trial so i want to give you an opportunity just to to kind of explain your position on how you feel about the law of this case about the approach that you're taking now. Um, as far as what you can say about it and, uh, you know, just kind of explain to uh, at least Scott County voters um, where you stand on this on this case and what you can talk about. So would would you mind just kind of uh, letting us know uh, where you're at on that?
2: Uh, sure. And, and just just to be just to clarify, I mean, it's got to even be a little more narrow than that. I can't give you uh, my thoughts on that or any particular case. I, I think the a, the ABA states and I I, I forget uh I want to say it's in uh three dash one, but it states the prosecutor should be circumspect in, in publicly commenting on specific cases or aspects of business at the office. You you don't in circumspect meaning you know, wary. Um and I think that's a very good policy because uh giving statements about a particular case uh can influence the investigation, it can hamper the prosecution. Um, I think we've all seen, uh, I believe there was a circuit attorney in uh, St. Louis that was uh, kicked off of a, a, a couple of cases over some emails that she sent. I think the judge in that case, I want to say it was Judge Clark, stated that the circuit attorney's conduct raised the appearance that she could have initiated that criminal procedure for political purposes. So um, the the whether it's me or, or whether it's Amanda I don't think any any of us would probably give you a detailed um a detailed statement regarding any particular case this one um has received uh I mean it's it's we've all if you've lived here you generally know about it and and I'm I'm cognizant of of people's interest in it and believe me I I go to door to door a lot and uh I I hear it I hear it and I know that it, it's kind of an unpopular stance to take. That I, I can't really talk about it because. But anything you put into the the record now, anything that you put out there in open source, could very well come back later. And I, there would be there would be no reason, there would be no um, there would be no advantage to the case, to the to the victims, to the citizens, uh, to be able to uh, for me or anybody else to. Put anything onto the record into the public that might be used against the case later, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, so can you tell me a little bit more about that? How do, how do, uh, like, just just in general standpoint, like, what, what does the defense present? Like, um, you know, what different, like, just from a general standpoint, why is that rule in place? Why would it matter if a prosecutor? commented on a case uh, from a defense standpoint
2: because you don't want to raise the appearance whether whether it's actually true or not even the appearance that a case would be brought for political purposes remembering that these cases are i mean it's very very difficult to separate um, politics from from the rest of our lives but these these are these are people's lives these are victims um, families of victims and, and these people um they're the things that they have gone through, the the emotional trauma, the the trials, um, uh, this this shouldn't should never be used for political gain. It it just it can't be. Uh-huh. Uh the moment that the moment that, that happens we have absolutely lost our way. Um and I I would rather take an unpopular stance and um, now this is the first time I've ever had to make a statement on why I'm not making a statement. That's a little bit, <laughs> but, but I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm like I say I'm cognizant because people when when people ask me about this out on a campaign trail, I don't want to appear aloof. I don't want to appear. I don't want to appear distant. I just want folks to understand. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just not going to do it. And. and whether whether it's this case or i mean and and you'll hear about a few there's there's three or four uh that that people will typically bring up uh when you're going door to door when when it it gets into that that vein of conversation uh but it it's just not a good idea and uh i, I would submit that it's 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 even unethical um you know sure you can score some political points you can uh well i'm going to do this or i'm going to do that and and uh um a lot of people want to hear that and, and I'm sorry, but I'm just not going to, whether it's uh, promises or loyalty oaths or any of the things that, that people have, have come up with. um, It's, it's not going to happen with me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, so, so kind of what I'm hearing you, you say, you know, is one, it's, it's unethical it's against you know against the 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 rules so to speak and you know talking about it what you how you would handle it or how you would approach it all of those things could damage the case if you were to win the election and become the the next prosecutor
2: uh yeah you you say it better than i do uh that's exactly (laughs) what i'm trying to say it um any actions now that can be brought in. And and I mean Bob, I am a defense attorney, but believe me, some somebody out there is is uh gonna mine uh any open source that they can. Uh and it's it's not that hard to be dismissed out of a case and I don't have there's no good reason for me to say something now that would get dismiss me later um, if it ever, you know, why would you give that away? It just there's there's not a good reason for it. And then couple that with the fact that the cases should not be political, should not be political. The number one thing that needs to happen with with any cold case is to strip the politics out of it. It it has to be a sterile review. And um, to, and I'm certainly capable of doing that. You I like say if 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 you want to know if I'm going to do my job, I'm going to do my job. I, I'm going to be the first guy in and the last guy out, and I'm I'm absolutely committed. I know what I'm getting into, and uh, I'm I'm excited to do it. Uh, but when it comes to individual cases, uh, even what even what I think, um, I'm I'm just not going to be able to share that at this time.
1: I did ask Cobb, again, who's challenging Amanda Ash for the prosecutor post in a Republican primary, a couple more general questions. I brought up the topic of where he will fall on the spectrum in that space between being a prosecutor willing to roll the dice on a case with very little evidence and let the jury rule how they see fit, or on the other end where he will only take a case if he is sure he'll get a conviction.
2: Some prosecutors will say, well, let's go ahead and, and try what we got. Um, you know, because, you know, you really like the person for it. You really feel like, you know, you have the correct, um, where other prosecutors are more concerned about, um, more concerned about, I hate to use the term winning and losing, because, I mean, uh-huh. you're looking for the correct outcome. These are people's lives. Right. It, it's not a baseball right, right. game. It's not a, you know, uh, and I've really never liked that. You know, you'll, you'll find people that, that keep records and, you know, and keep, exonerations or a guilty you know, list and I, I don't I don't do that but I don't I can't really signal exactly where I'm at on that spectrum because um, and, and let me give you an example you know police departments the every police department you know will have a pursuit policy but they're not going to make that public because if they make that public then people might model their reaction to to that well you know if you run a stop sign he's not going to chase me so you know here we go um that's why some policies are just better off. I mean does that make sense? Some policies mm-hmm. are better off not discussed.
0: Okay, well uh I don't really have anything <laughs> I mean I of course I have a, a million questions for I you get but it. All, <laughs> you know but
2: Bob I'm sorry um, man. I no, I no, hate no, it it's that,
0: it's okay. But uh um anyway I do appreciate you you taking some time just to kind of explain why you know, why you can't talk about it, uh why you're not willing to talk about it. So I do appreciate you coming on with us and uh you know, good luck to you and, and um like I said earlier, you know, lawless files is not endorsing any any candidate. Um and yeah. we have we have all the confidence in the world that whoever wins this race is going to proceed with you know, in good faith and try to get uh, the lawless case to come to a conclusion. So thank you very much for jumping on with us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. For a
1: few years of my journalism career, I covered county government for the Southeast Missourian. I covered Cape Girardeau County. It was my job to go to the meetings, report the news, and decisions made by elected officials regarding how they spent tax dollars. It didn't take me long to determine that Missouri's county government system is very flawed and, I believe, outdated. In Missouri, the county government structure and officials' power and authority varies based on the class of the county, which is determined by its tax base. But regardless of the county's classification, most counties that don't have their own charter government have three county commissioners whose job it is to approve funding for county government. So in county government, you're going to have a sheriff, a prosecutor, but also a collector, a clerk, a recorder, and so on. And the commission controls the purse strings, or at least a large portion of it, for each office. Each of these offices is led by someone who is also publicly elected. So when you think about it, this creates a political tangle. Let's say, for instance, you have a Democrat running for sheriff. And this Democrat, as part of his platform, runs on the idea of de-escalation techniques. This person believes that the show of force is not usually the best approach, and maybe he likes the idea of hiring a few mental health professionals to respond to domestic calls. But let's say you have two of three county commissioners who believe in hardcore crime control who have approved hundreds of thousands of dollars in tactical gear and crowd control apparatus. Now let's say the Democrat wins the sheriff election based on his platform, but when it comes time to hire his mental health professionals, the Republicans deny the financial request. In fact, if county commissioners were inclined to do so, they could intentionally sabotage any other county office holder by slicing his or her budget. The county government system is flawed, in a number of ways, and this is just one. But here's where I'm going with this, as it relates to the county prosecutor. I would ask the following question. Don Cobb is right that criminal cases shouldn't be political. The law is the law. The idea of removing politics from justice is baked into the system, though you and I could both name several high-profile cases where the two were not. But the aim, the goal, is to distribute justice without fear or favor, Silence is ethically required to take politics out of the equation in criminal cases. That's what I just read to you earlier before the interview. So why then does our system also require these vital positions to be political by their very nature? They have to be elected. Why shouldn't we trust our elected officials to appoint the best qualified attorneys rather than the most popular ones? I would argue the same for sheriffs and police chiefs. In fact, why wouldn't we trust our local elected leaders to hire the best accountant, for treasurer, or auditor? That's how it works on your school boards and most of your city councils. But the county system doesn't work that way. Everyone's elected. So instead of people being elected on their merits, oftentimes hot-button social issues, such as abortion or the Second Amendment, determine who are elected into these positions. At any rate, we really don't know which of the two prosecutor candidates will push hardest for a conviction in the Michelle Lawless case. We don't know who will be the most aggressive in pursuing a cover-up. Some of that effort, perhaps almost all of it, will actually depend on the AG's office. We have four years of a track record with Amanda Ash, and we have Don Cobb, a former law enforcement officer and police chief, a military man and practicing attorney, challenging her for the position. For those listening in Scott County, we would recommend you study the candidates, ask those within the community what their experiences with the candidates are like, and then cast the vote that feels best to your conscience. We have high hopes and expectations that either person will act with the appropriate care and vigor needed to bring Michelle's killers to justice, as well as anyone who broke laws to help send Josh Keezer to prison. I'm your host, Bob Miller. You're listening to The Lawless Files.
0: Thank you for listening to The Lawless Files, a production of Leadhound Publishing, LLC. The Lawless Files is hosted and edited by Bob Miller and co-produced by Bob Miller and me, Tyler Grafe. Please go to thelawlessfiles.com and subscribe.